You are listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Um, If I haven't had the chance to meet you, I am the service director, Janice, that John mentioned in the video. Um, First, before I say another word, I wanted to take just a second to honor the pastors of the house, John and Vanessa Pita. Um, They are so kind to let a young woman like myself take the stage and say whatever's in my heart. Um, Not a lot of people do that, and I'm so grateful that you guys saw potential in me and gave me the chance to do it. So thank you. Um, Okay, so our scripture is Matthew 25, uh, 14 through 30. But don't worry, I'm going to condense it down a little bit, and we'll go go through it scripture by scripture because it's pretty beefy. I don't know why I chose it, but I did. Um, So (laughs) verses, we're going to go through verses 14 through 18 first. Um, It's the parable of the bags of gold. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity to be up here and just to say what, what's in my heart, what's on my mind, what you put there, God. I pray that you come before my voice and you filter through everything that I say because everything that I, I say, I want it to be of you, God. I pray for everyone sitting here. Um, I pray that it's, it's uh, food for their soul, food for their minds, food for thought, God. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So I have a very vulnerable illustration. I, just, I realized this probably last night. I was like, huh, the, people are going to take it a couple of ways. Um, so... I grew up in Sonoma County. I was born and raised Santa Rosa. Um, but in, in a kind of a backstory, my parents are from Fiji Islands. They're actually here, right here, sitting here. Um, <laughs> they're actually from uh, the Fiji Islands. And so I'm first generation American. They're immigrants. And they got married and immediately after decided they wanted to have a Janice in their life. So they gave birth to me. <laughs> and so they're very young parents. They came to the United States. And... Um, so as they're figuring out how to live in a new country, they have a kid, and then a kid that, that same kid is going, going to go to school, start going to school. Um, so life was very hectic, I would imagine, as a, a person who's in her 20s. I couldn't imagine having a little kid right now. So pr- props to all you parents, young parents out there. Um, so I went through the school system, and it was fine, nothing too crazy. And then fifth grade happened. I transferred to a better school um, in a better district. Fifth grade happened, and um, I had this teacher, and she she was it was in the beginning of the school year, and she she was very obviously a very good teacher because I'm talking about her now. Um, we I remember this morning so clearly. We had to talk of or we had to go through the classroom and like everyone read a part of a book we were reading, and so we just go down the line kid by kid, and then it was my turn. I was a very shy, like, introverted person. I still am kind of like that, but I know how to turn it off and on, which is great. (laughs) Um, And so I was very shy and didn't know, like, 
I, I just was very shy, shy and quiet. So it came to my turn, and I was sounding out like a first grader. I could not put the sentence together. I couldn't, like, I actually remember struggling so hard. And luckily, my teacher was so wonderful that she, she didn't ridicule me. She didn't, like, make me feel bad. She just, she was like, oh, thank you so much, Janice, and moved on. She didn't have me feel shame, which was great. But it was very evident that this fifth grader could not read at all. And so, um, so, so kind of uh, that same day, literally, my teacher was like, hey, you know, having a, a conversation with me, hey, you know, I think you could be at a different level. Let me, let's help you out. We're out you can stay during recess. We can work together one-on-one. Um, she signed me up for an ESL cl- class, which is <laughs> English is a second language. Um, which was cool. I mean, again, I don't want you to think badly of my parents. I was gladly immersed in my culture. So my first language is Hindi. I'm so glad it is and so honored that it is. That's part of my life. But um, so I went to an ESL course, and, and literally it seemed like six months later, I think, I was, le- I was reading fifth grade level. I was fine. I just needed that, like, push and just that attention, I think. And, and it just something needed to click in my brain for me to really – like come like realize what reading was and put things together and then um after that I was done with ESL graduated which was great and then (laughs) and then my teacher was like hey you're reading really well like I'm so happy blah blah blah. and um and obviously I was happy too and so then this following year was sixth it was sixth grade and in our school um Bellevue Elementary um we did um sixth grade graduation and they, it's, it's kind of like, like a watered-down high school graduation just to make us sixth graders feel good about ourselves. And so <laughs> all of our teachers sit around, all of our parents come, and, 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 and that same year was the year 9-11 happened. And so um, it was kind of an emotional situation. And so uh, I somehow was chosen to do this graduation speech. Um, and so I wrote a speech. I read it in front of the audience and, and got a standing ovation, which was really cool for a sixth grader. But my, what my teacher did, my fifth grade teacher, she took my speech and she hung it in her classroom. And she was like, remember, I, I want to remember this, and I want other students to see that this was written and done by a girl that couldn't read last year. And so that was my, my little illustration. And like I said... I was a little nervous. It's a very vulnerable illustration. Like, I couldn't read at fifth grade in the United States. Like, it was, it's weird. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, last week, John talked about purpose and that everyone has a purpose here. And um, God, God created you with purpose and gave us purpose. Well, I wanted to take that a step further. And my big idea is that, yes, you have a purpose, but you need to do something with that purpose. Or else there's no, there's no point to it. A.K.A. that purpose is like gold in, in you. God put gold inside of you and you need to do something with it. Cool? Awesome. I'm going to put this down. Um, so we're going to recap the scripture just a little bit. Because, um, again, this is kind of beefy. But um, So in the first part of the scripture, it says, um, basically the master is going out of town. And he has a couple bags of gold of his wealth. And he has three servants. And so he entrusts each, each servant with a certain amount of gold. 
And, and, and from what I read in the scripture, it's very, he, it, he, he thinks about how much gold he's giving to each person, how much each person understands the value of gold, and that's how much he gives. So the first person gets five bags, second person gets two, the last one got one. So that's what I gr- gr- grasped from that. Um, and then so going on, um, scripture 19 through 23 after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled, settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the, the, brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with the few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. So to recap, servant one and two, they have their bags of gold and they don't hesitate to go and do something with it. They don't hesitate to to start like, okay, you know, we, we need to make this bigger. We need to make this grow. We need to do, our master gave this to us. We need to show for it. We need to do something with it. Um, the little understanding of what they had of the value of gold, they went and, 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 and made it grow. They used it for a specific purpose. They, they knew like, this gold is really important. We should make it bigger. We should make it into something it's not. We should change what it is. We should not come back to a master with what he gave us, but with more of what he gave us was their um, thought process, to me at least. And then there was servant number three. We'll read about him in verse 24 through 25. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here, here is what belongs to you. So servant three does something completely different. He goes and hides the gold out of fear. He's like, oh, my master, like, he's a little sketch. Like, I don't, I don't know what he's going to do with this, so I'm going to save it. And so then when he comes back, like, we have one bag of gold. Like, we're good. So he doesn't do anything with it, and he just hides it away like he didn't even have it. He forgot he had it, and it's just no change. So then when the master comes back, he's like, huh. And then so this is what the master says after that in verses 26 through 29. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest. You knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of money from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. Pretty harsh. First of all, they called him lazy, which made me laugh every time. <laughs> but um, basically he's saying, what was the point of me giving you this gold? What was the point of me handing this to you if you weren't going to do anything with it? What was the point of, of, of all that? I should have 
get, you were, we were better off putting, giving it to a banker, and I would have gotten at least the gold that I have, but then some. You're giving me exactly what I gave you? You didn't do anything with it? Um, and then what he actually does, which is pretty savage, in my opinion, he literally takes it from servant three and gives it to servant one. He's like, you can't, you can't have it. I'm going to give it to these people because they're worthy of it. They know what to do with it. They know the value of it, so I'm going to give it to them. So as I was reading the scripture, I was like, okay, so how can I not be like servant number three? Because I don't want that for myself. So um, I have three kind of key points. They're also in your notes for you. First one, how to not be like servant number three? Understand that God made you because the world needs you. And I think that that's what's really important to know, first of all, because the purpose that you have, the goal that you have, is actually not just for you. It's for people around you. It's for the person sitting next to you. It's for this world. There's people out here that need what you have. And if you hold it to yourself, what's the point of that? You know what I mean? Like, it's for other people. The second thing I have is you can make a difference with little. Now, these people, these, these servants didn't have a bunch of gold. He even mentions it um, in the scripture that you did so well with the little that I gave you. They didn't have a bunch of gold. They didn't have a bunch of money. They didn't have a bunch of anything. But they did what they could with the little that they had. And so for each one of you, like, if you know what your purpose is, it may seem really small in, in you know, from looking above or in comparison to other people, which we love to do. But it is important. It can make a difference. By do, and number three, by doing something with your purpose, a.k.a. gold, you can make a difference. Because a difference is a ripple effect. If you make a difference, that person that you made a difference for then also makes a difference because they're living in their purpose. So if we are a community that keeps doing that, that's pretty cool. So in fifth grade, Mrs. Aiello, my fifth grade teacher, knew her purpose. Her purpose was to teach children to see them grow and set them up for the world. All she did was see a little girl in her class struggling hecka hard to read. <laughs> she was really struggling. That's all she saw. She didn't shame her. She didn't even really talk about it after that. But she made sure that she made it a point to help me. And she didn't make this grand gesture. She, didn't be, she wasn't like, oh, my gosh, you guys, Janice can't read. Let's all help her. She didn't do that, which is great. She came up to me, and she's like, all right, well, this is the tools I have. We're going to make this work. We're going to see what we can do. So it was just that little. It wasn't a huge thing. Um, I'm sure, well, what she did was use her gold, which I just said. Um, but it's, it's so cool for, for someone like her because not only does she teach me how to read, but then the next year she was able to see me say a speech and write a speech and read a speech. And in no way I'm trying to, like, make this about me and, like, I'm so great. But, um, <laughs> but uh, she, she was able to see kind of the fruits of her, what she did, right? She, she was able to see this little girl, couldn't, she's up on stage talking and reading something she wrote. And so I think that what's really cool is, you know, when we walk in our purpose and we make a difference and we do something with that purpose, we're changing someone's life. And then that person gets closer to realizing their purpose. And like I said before, it's a ripple effect. We keep going, and this world can be so different if we keep doing that. 
And now, I'm well aware that there's some people in here that totally know their purpose, and they're like, yes, I was made for this, and I'm loving life, and it's great. But then there's definitely some, some of you that probably don't know your purpose, that are probably not aware of what you are here to do. And I'm very, like, cautious of that, and, like, I understand that completely, and it's a very lonely feeling. Me not knowing how to read, and again, this is fifth grade, so I'm a well-developed kid. So I, re I remember finishing my first book. I remember finishing my first sentence. But so, like, not knowing how to read, I felt so lonely and not, like, what do are, what are these kids have that I don't have? Like, why, why can't I get it? Why don't I understand? Why don't I... Why don't I see what they see? It's a very, very lonely feeling. And I would imagine that I'm up here saying, oh, yeah, purpose this, purpose that. But it's a lonely feeling being like, I actually don't know what mine is. Like, how can I use it if I don't even know it? So please hear this. In Isaiah 41.10, fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So out of this, there are three uncompromised truths about you. Through this scripture, it, what, what, what it tells me is, you have not spent one day on earth alone. Because as much as you may feel alone, as much as maybe you haven't acknowledged God yet in your life, or maybe you're just trying out this church thing, but I can say 100%, you have not spent one moment on this earth alone, and you never will. Like the moments, like he's literally in here right now. He's going to be with you when you leave. He's going to be with you during the week. So there's not one second that you're alone. And I understand it's easier said than done to be like, yeah, I'm not lonely because God's with me, but like I'm alone. So like, what? <laughs> but <laughs> you are not alone. There is somebody, he, he is always with you. The creator of the entire world loves you so obsessively. So not only is he with you and he never leaves you, but he is obsessively in love with you. That he put gold inside of you. He put purpose inside of you. He doesn't need to do that. He didn't need to do that. But he did because he loves you. He wants you to feel like you belong here. That you can help your neighbor. That you can help these people in this world that need you, that need what you have. Which takes me to my third point. He put gold inside of you, and this world needs what you have, specifically what you have. There's nothing that you don't have that this world doesn't need. And he only put it inside of you because he knew that only you can make this happen the way I need to make it happen. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you, I'm going to put this gold inside of you, I love you, and I'm going to come with you so that you can, you can finish the purpose that I made inside of you. Because this world needs who you are. So if you ever feel lonely, if you ever feel like, man, I just, I don't have anything inside of me. I don't have anything to give. I don't have any, anything to, to, to offer this world. If you're thinking about giving up, if you're thinking about just turning around and just being like, well, forget it. I'm done please know that there's something inside of you that I need. There's something inside of you that your neighbor needs. And so if you don't find that, if you don't go in the pursuit of that, you're, you're, you're not doing any of us a favor because you're 
you're holding yourself back from what we need from you. So please, please help us be here for us. Does that sound cool? Awesome. I'm going to pray into that. And that's my time. Jesus, God, thank you so much for who you are. God, I thank you that you put purpose inside of us, that you thought so much of us that you were like, you know what, I'm going to make this person and I'm going to put gold inside of them. Not just make, not just give them life, not just give them breath, but I'm going to give them purpose and gold so that the people that they're around, their, their neighbors, their coworkers, their schoolmates, their friends, their family, that they realize that they are a piece of that puzzle. They need to be there. That there's nobody else can take their place, God. If there's anyone in here for a second that feels alone, feels like they have no purpose, feels like they're just passing through, not knowing what's going on, God, I pray that you make yourself so obvious to them and surround them with people that are pointing towards you constantly, God, and pointing out the gold in them. God, thank you for who you are. And I just pray that we use this opportunity down here for the 80-something years that we have to help make this world so much better. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Remember, we will have a new message for you every Monday at 5 p.m. Make sure to like and subscribe, and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening.